Welcome to Man Talk, the podcast that's normalising the conversation about men's mental health. I'm your host, Jamie Day, and you can find me on Instagram at a day in the life dad, and you can hear more about my own mental health journey in series one of Man Talk. This show is made in support of the Movember Foundation, who are changing the face of men's health and fund life-changing and groundbreaking mental health projects around the world. You can read more about these over Movember.com. Man Talk is sponsored by Mojave's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Anyone who knows me or has followed my journey online will know how much I love the brand and their products. Their messaging really promotes me time, unwinding and self-care, which we all know with the challenges of everyday life is so important for our mental health. So thank you, Mojave's. And thank you for tuning into the new series. In this series, I'm going to be looking at mental health issues with a bit more of a solutions-based approach. Guests include a psychiatrist, a men's lifestyle coach, leading mental health charities, a hypnotherapist, and many more. And some of my guests are women, because as much as this show focuses on tackling men's mental health, women can also be key to the conversation. On with the show. This week, I journeyed into London to meet Charlie Dark. I heard about Charlie last year when a friend recommended him for the show, and after a little bit of reading up on him, I was keen to meet. Charlie is the founder of Run Dem Crew, a running community, which you'll hear more about in the show. He's also a public speaker, a mentor, a poet, a DJ, and a yoga instructor. So, here's Man Talk. Charlie, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. um, for those people that don't know about you or who you yeah. are, it just, can we just go into a bit of your background and what you do with uh, your Run Dem and everything about that? Just a quick overview, yep. and then we'll get to why I kind of like wanted to speak to you, which yep. is obviously down to uh, your history of mental health and how yep. running was kind of your medicine, mm-hmm. and also now how you're also a yoga teacher, which I've dead. heard so many benefits about yoga <laughs> with um, mental health, and I'd love to talk about that. So, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. definitely. Cool. Well, my name is Charlie Dark. Um, I'm a DJ, writer, producer. I work as a brand consultant by day. And I'm also the founder of an organisation called Rundem Crew. And for those who don't know who the Rundem Crew are or what we do, essentially we're an organisation that's been going for about 11 to 12 years. A group of creatives who originally came out of the music industry, but now, you know, have members from all across different walks, fields, races, colours, creeds, religions, genders. Um, all from, you know, we've got members from all around the world. Yeah. And essentially we're like a running club remixed for people who think they don't like to run. So we take people from so far to finish line of any distance from a mile right up to, you know, 400 miles, 500 yeah. miles running across the country. Um, we mentor young people as part of the project as well. We have built a community. We maintain that community as well. And we just kind of are trying to provide a positive space, positive and safe space where people can come together to explore movement. Yeah. That could be running, that could be yoga, that could be climbing, that could be skating. We just want and believe that if people move more, then they generally feel a bit happier inside. Yeah. You know, you talk about the community, is that community all based online? Do people like form their own friendships and groups outside of this? How has this sort of grown? And well, we always say in Run Them Crew that running is the least important part of the thing of what we do. Right. And I'm not interested in running in a running club. I've got no interest in running a running club at all. But I am interested in basically building a community. And coming from the music industry, particularly at the time when I came from the music industry, you know, where I f- you know, first started partying in the kind of 80s, it's very much about warehouse party culture and this idea of music bringing people together yeah. from different walks of life. And it's something we've tried to recreate with Run Them Crew. Nice. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like a warehouse party on wheels. 
than me. Nice. That moves from point A to point B. Will you take anyone, any standard? Like literally yeah, go yeah, on their t- first yeah. one ever? Yeah, we take people of any standard. All we say is when you come in through the door, leave your ego at the door, leave any expectations of what you think running should be mm. or how it should be at the door and don't mash up the vibe. Right. As long as you can come in and basically adhere to those rules, we don't care whether you can only run for five minutes. Right. Because I know that basically, you know, a month in our company and we'll get you running that mile. Nice, yeah. And do you have like events outside of running? Yeah, 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 we do. We have, you know, within Run and Crew, we have groups of designers, we have musicians, we've got chefs, we've got nutritionists, we've got, you know, graphic designers, we've yeah. got special effects people. We've, we hold lots of different types of events. Cool. You know, because I feel like just because you're a runner, that doesn't define you. You know, it's running is just one of the things that you do. Yeah. So we try and cater for people who are kind of are more interested in just running from point A to point B. Yeah. What, what do you think are the benefits of running? I know everyone talks about, it, you know, it gets your endorphins, you know, going and things like that. But is there anything? Am I running? Am I talking about running from a men's point of view, or am I running about talking about running just from? A I mean, general? everyone knows the fitness sort of benefits, but in yeah. terms of. I mean, the, the point of the show is to talk about mental health. Like, okay. do you think, how do you think running links your mental health? For my own personal experiences, as someone who discovered running as a form of alternative medicine, because I kind of had, had reached a point where, you know, my mental health was becoming a problem. And, you know, I had been on prescribed medication, which I wasn't necessarily that happy about taking. Right. And I wanted to kind of maybe take back a bit of control, you know, to complement, you know, the, the happy pill. Um, and so for myself, what I feel like I've learned from running is that running, getting outside is good for you when you're kind of, you know, going through depression, it's really good for you. And um, being in the company of other people and sharing the experience together yeah. is really good. The idea of discovery, of kind of running to a new place that maybe you've never been before, that's really beneficial. Um, The fact that basically, you know, running gives you time for yourself, so you're not being bombarded by emails or telephone calls or other people, you know, demanding your attention. It's you time. Yeah. It's also very empowering to basically run a distance. You know, if you run a marathon, on a Monday, you feel like a superhero. No one can talk to you because you just run 26 miles, yeah. you know. You've run a distance that most people wouldn't even drive. It's quite a slept few yeah. people, you know. You know? And it's something that only, I think it's only around 4% of the world's population have ever run a marathon before. Yeah. That's incredible. So I recommend it, you know, I recommend it to everybody. And, and what I always say to people is kind of, it's, it doesn't have to be like it was at school. It's not a punishment. Yeah. So it's a celebration. Yeah, and it's not about distance or time or speed. It's about how it makes you feel. And so the first thing I do when I work with people is I ask them to take off their watches. Because I'm really not interested in how fast you can run yeah. or how far you can run. Because I can, I can always find someone who can run further and faster yeah. than you. You know, it's kind of, and that's just, you know, my thing. My approach to running is slightly unorthodox. But that's probably the reason why running through has worked. Right. Because we don't look at it as like, running is not the important part of it. So when you talked about that, you saw it as like a, an alternative kind of medicine yes. to uh, pills. Yes. Why did you pick running? What that you know when you went that first run? Yep. Why running? Why I, not? I picked running because it was the most easiest and accessible thing that I could do. Because yeah. I didn't have money to go to the gym. Yeah. And I was very intimidated by going to the gym. Because growing up the type of guys that I knew who went to the gym 
they weren't the type of people you wanted to hang out with outside of the gym. And, you know, a lot of people like at that time were going to the gym solely for aesthetic reasons. Mm. I'm going to the gym to lift lots of heavy weights so I can have abs, so I can look good on my summer holiday. Mm. I needed something that was going to be, a, you know, a deeper fix, you know. Yeah. And it, I, I didn't want something that was going to be, you know, make my body look good for six weeks externally. I wanted something that was going to make me feel good inside. Yeah. Because if I feel good inside, I can work on the app, the exterior of the body. Nice, yeah. Did you find it was almost an immediate kind of change or did you have to run for, I don't know, six months, a month? No, I mean, the, the, the very epic? first run I went on was a complete and utter disaster. Right. Because I went outside with the wrong attitude. I went out thinking, I'm going to go outside and run for as far and as fast as I can. Because I used to run as I was, when I was at school. Yeah. You know, I was part of the school athletics team. Yeah. I ran for the borough. Right. So obviously, despite the fact that it's now 20 years later, I'm obviously going to be as fast as I was then. Yeah. And so it was, I set myself up for failure before I even began. So... How far did you get? Man, I think I ran... I didn't even get to a mile. Right. I literally... I think I got to, like, the end of the street. That must be quite demoralising, though. If you're, if you're suffering with depression and then... Yeah. Everyone talks about the benefits of sport and things. And you're like, yeah. oh. Well, at the time I started running, people weren't talking about the benefits of sport because okay. people weren't even talking about mental health. Yeah. It was a thing that basically was the yeah. unspoken thing that you didn't yeah. speak about. So, you know, I went out running because... And it wasn't even because I'd heard that basically running would be good for my mental health. It was just something that I just like, literally woke up one day, looked in the mirror and realised that I'd accumulated all of these possessions, stuff that all my life I had been encouraged and taught to aspire to. Mm. So, like, I had a Mercedes G-Wagon when no one had them. Like, people, I'd come down the street in my G-Wagon, people would think I was driving a tank, you know. It was like, I had 400 pairs of trainers, 40,000 records, wow. you know. I had so a, you'd had a successful music career? Yeah, at this point, yeah, and then, yeah. And I just literally woke up, looked in the mirror, and was like... None of that stuff meant anything, really. Just was very, my, my eyes were dead. Yeah. I just kind of lost that spark for life. I was going through the motions. I was unhappy. I was surrounded by people whose energy wasn't feeding me. Right. It was taking energy away from me. And so the running was just like, I was running away from who I was. Yeah. Trying to run towards a better version of myself. And, and, and this is interesting because I think when people come into running or into coming to fitness, you know, or decide to make a change in their life, what often will happen is they're running away from the person they were running towards the new person they hope to be instead of actually enjoying the now. Yeah. And so, you know, when we start talking about yoga later on in the conversation, that's one of the biggest takeaways I've learned from yoga is basically this idea of enjoying, enjoying the now. Okay. So right about now, I'm just enjoying, this dude gets in contact with me on the gram, you know what I mean? We sand him out, we find him, he's like, he's pretty cool with me up, and we're having a really nice conversation. It's cool. cool. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know. And so, I was running towards a new version of myself. I was trying to find this guy. First running that was disaster, so I decided I'm going to start running in the night time because if I run in the night time, no one in my neighbourhoods can see me. Right. And I was teaching poetry and creative writing in the neighbourhoods where you know where I lived to some pretty hardcore kids. Right. And it was a big enough struggle trying to gain their respect in the classroom, and I really didn't want to know them to see me, you know, suffering on the run. So I started running at night. Yeah. Started running home from the studio, recording studio, and just fell in love with this new. Per, new version of me yeah this new city that I was discovering was like London at night was like you know and this amazing place with new characters and smells and mm. sights and sounds and lights and so on and so forth and 
I just fell in love with it. I was just like, this is amazing. My friends thought I was on drugs. And, and <laughs> just like, they were like, Charlie, what drugs are you taking though, man? Like, what is this? And I was like, no, man, this, I'm running. And that was such a big change for you. Well, they were just looking at me like, you running? Yeah. Come on. So you, were you like a new person, do you think? Yeah, it changed my life. Yeah. Completely. And how quickly did you come off sort of your normal prescribed medication? Oh, it took did about... Sort of overlap or...? Yeah, yeah, there was definitely an overlap. It took, you know, it took another a good six months right. or so until I got to the point where, I re- you know, I was like, OK, I think I'm ready to come off. Because I just never liked this idea of taking something and then waiting to be happy. That was just, for me, I was just like... Even I'm, put, I'm taking it now and I want to feel happy straight away. Yeah. But this waiting for it to come... It's like, you know, it's like a legal high. It's yeah, kind yeah. of like... You know, I don't know. It, I just, it just, I just felt really uncomfortable with it. And also, it was at a time when mental health was a thing that people didn't talk about. Yeah, and definitely not talk, taking antidepressants and things like that. People were just like, "What do you mean you're taking antidepressants?" Like, yeah. what's that? I think the problem with antidepressants as well. I mean, I took them almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And you take one, and you think there's going to be literally that evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. takes weeks for yeah. the system. Yeah. You go on a low first. Yeah. It's like it can get quite messy. Can't yeah. It? yeah. And I think also the thing is. Yes, obviously, it, it helps. Is it the f- complete and ultimate solution? Personally, I don't think so. You know, just in my own research over the last 13 years, you know, what I'm realising is diet has got, you know, mm. a lot to do with it. It's kind of the energy of the people that you surround yourself with has a lot to do with it. Yeah. You know, how you move your body, you know, has a lot to do with it. How much water you drink has a lot. So there's all this other stuff which I find what happened, you know, what generally will happen when I speak to people is like, they're going to take the medication, they're not changing anything else, yeah. but hoping that by just taking this one little pill, everything's going to be better. Yeah. I don't know if that's like, you know. It's asking a lot of that pill, it's asking isn't, a lot, it? isn't it? You need to make other changes to yeah. your life. Um, in terms of, like, I, know, I know we're talking about this at a time before people really talk about mental health, but now we do talk about mental health, yeah. like how sport and running and going to the gym and working out and yoga can benefit you. But do you think there's going to sort of be a level of your mental health while you take on something like new, like running? Because some people struggle to walk as far as a shower. Yeah. So do you think getting involved with something like running, you can't be too far down the end of the spectrum no. of your mental health? Or do no, you think you can just not. start any time? I think you can start any time. Yeah. I mean, I've seen... I mean, the thing about running, running attracts vulnerable people, you know. Most people, if you go to a race and you say to them, why are you running? They're going to look you in your eye and say, I'm running because I'm running for a PB or for a time. I'm running for the middle. It's very rare that people honestly tell you what they're really running for. Okay. So my experience of running a running crew and having, you know, over the last period of time that we've been doing it and seeing the thousands of people who've come through our doors, I have realised that, you know, running attracts vulnerable people Mm. and generally will attract people who have had mental health issues in the past or are currently having mental health issues all have mental health issues as a result of the running right. and the pressures of trying to you know, be yeah, fit yeah, yeah. in the age that we live in. So, but I've seen people of all different types of levels, you know, some people who have been severely depressed who basically have started running, some people, you know, who it's just kind of like, oh, I'm just feeling a bit down yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I just think it's kind of one of those things where once you take away the idea of distance and speed and running races as a way of proving that you're a good runner and you replace that with, actually, I'm just going to go outside and I might just run from here to the shops. I'm going to go and run for five minutes. Mm. 
I'm not going to think about how far I'm going or how fast I'm going. I'm just going to try and run, keep my body moving for five minutes. Then I'm going to stop, have a look around, like take some pictures if I feel good. Yeah. I'm going to run for another five minutes. Love it. So just changing the way that people look at running because everyone's idea about running comes from school, which is a test. Mm. And then generally what happens in school is, you know, they concentrate on who comes first, second or third. Those are the important people. Everyone else is just making up the numbers. Now, if you're one of those kids who happens to be at the back of the pack, you suddenly immediately think, well, because I'm last, I'm a bad runner. No, you're not a bad runner. Actually, you might be a better runner than the person who runs. Because my thing is this, when I go and watch the London Marathon, we stay until the, you know, until the very last person comes through. We always do. Because who wants to be on the road for eight hours running a marathon? Yeah. Mo Farah doesn't want to be on the road for eight hours. That's why he's getting there, you know, 2.05, boom, he's out in the hotel drinking champagne, cuddling up to his wife, talking to his sponsors, and he's out of there. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the guy with the fridge on his back <laughs> is still coming through eight hours or, you know, like a Michael Watson and Michael Watson did it and it's taken him X amount of days. Yeah, yeah. Who's got more heart? They've both got the same amount of heart. Mm. It's the same distance. Yeah. So I think one of the problems we have is the way that people look at fitness is still very much in a, from an aesthetic level. I.e., I want to get fit because that's what everyone's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? You're totally right. I want abs because I should have them because my body is more aesthetically pleasing with abs. It's all nonsense. Yeah. It's all smoking. I mean, you changed my view completely, like, only in the five minutes talking to you because we're going on holiday this summer. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I've got to get fit from holiday. No, man. Complete rubbish now. No. You don't have to get fit for your holiday. Yeah. You basically want to be... I always say to people... You're not getting fit to go on holiday. You're, getting, you're trying to get fit so you can lead the life that you lead. Mm. So, for example, I meet people and, you know, like dads-to-be. They can't even lift their own body weight and they've got a baby on the way. Mm. And I'm like, dude, you might want to get yourself a kettlebell and start practicing just lifting because you're going to be lifting your baby up a lot over the next three years, mm. you know. And you might want to have the strength to be able to do that. That doesn't involve you having abs. Your baby's not going to come out and be like, oh, daddy's got abs. Brilliant, he's a great dad. He just wants to know, when I put my hands up in the air, are you strong enough to lift me up? And when I don't want to walk, are you strong enough to carry me? Mm. Once you flip that round, then suddenly fitness becomes fun. Yeah. You know? Love it. And it starts becoming a chore. Very, very good. Um, your other key thing yeah. is your yoga. Yes. And... Uh, I noticed on your bio it says you're 250 hours yeah. certified. So can you just explain for people like... <laughs> okay. Because I know, I see other yoga instructors and it's got like, you know, 250, 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do the hours, what does that actually mean? So basically, when you finally decide that you want to become a yoga teacher, you have to have trained for a certain amount of hours to be a yoga teacher. Right. And they generally come in blocks of 50, 100 and traditionally most people do 200 hours and yeah. we had some super intensive one that was like 250 hour thing and then I've got another 250 hours to come but basically it's kind of it's, it's a bit like Malcolm Gladwell you know the tipping point this idea of um, putting in your 10,000 hours and then you're like you know the master of your profession yeah, yeah. and at yoga you're never going to be a master because it's kind of there's so much to learn but it's just kind of this you know I, you know, I'm certified that I've trained for 250 hours, so I'm safe to work with people's bodies. Okay. Right. You know, um, it's been the most life-changing thing that I ever did. Right. It had a bigger impact on my life than running. How running. did you find yoga? So um, I, I, I work as a brand ambassador 
for sports brands. And um, I'd been for a period of time where I was doing a lot of running for the brand I was working for. A lot of running, like, you know, back-to-back marathons and kind of events all around the world. And I had an injury, I got injured. And, you know, I was kind of like, kind of ignoring it for a while. Kind of came from overrunning and not stretching, you know. Because you're in that point. Because there's another thing that comes with running where you get this invincibility complex, which is like, I just ran 26 miles, what do I need to stretch for? Yeah. I just ran a marathon and some, you know, I just PB'd, like, you know, I don't need to stretch, like, let's go to the club and celebrate. <laughs> and then, you know, I got this really serious injury and um, started going to physio. And what happens when you get injured is, you know, if you don't understand your body, you go to physio and they're, they're describing these things you should do and you can't understand how that's going to help, you know. You want the plaster, quick fix. Yeah, yeah. What you don't want to be doing is putting your finger in your ear and someone telling you that's going to make your ankle better. So yoga was recommended well, to me. Well, it's kind of easy. <laughs> that's a really good video. That's a crazy video, isn't it? Um, but um, yoga was recommended to me, you know, as a kind of form of physical movement that was going to be gentle yeah. whilst I was coming back, you know, rehabbing back from my injury. And, you know, I had always kind of tried to stay away from yoga because I was looking at it through the Instagram lens, which is basically it's predominantly women and of a certain shape who are all hyperly flexible and basically can do loads of stuff with their bodies that I would never be able to do. Because I was thinking, well, I can't even touch my toes, so how am I going to go and do yoga? So I'd cut, I was approaching with the wrong type of approach. And then I met a yoga teacher who was an ex-DJ. There's a lot of ex-DJs who become yoga teachers. Male or female? He was a male. Right. And he was just like, the way he broke it down was like a DJ set. Like we kind of went on this adventure with our bodies and the tunes were really good. And it was just the way he taught it was kind of like, you know, a nice combination of like traditional teaching with kind of new philosophies. And it just opened it up for me. Yeah. It was just, I was like, man, this is amazing. This is great. Plus, you know, when I first started going to yoga, it was just kind of this idea that running had become my job. So I needed something new to be an escape. And yoga was this new world where I wasn't walking in there and people were like, oh, it's Charlie Dark from blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. They were just like, oh yeah, that's the dude. They were just taking me on face value. There was no prejudgment. So that was really amazing. That's not, that's not Charlie Dark, the runner. This is, yeah. This is just some guy doing yoga. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like, no one knew who I was. Yeah, cool. And, you know, from a men's point of view, when you first go to yoga studio, it is a bit of a trip because it's predominantly full of women yeah. in stretchy clothes, you know, and... Do you remember how many other men were there when you first went? Oh, man, I think there's like two men. Yeah, I've been, and I've been the only man there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what was interesting is kind of like, what I really liked was that no one was like, oh, you're the only guy. Yeah. It was like, it was just this group of really positive people yeah. coming together, you know, smiling. So that was step one. Right. I meet this yoga teacher. How, how long ago are we talking here? In terms oh, of- this was like, uh, that would have been five years ago. So okay. I started flirting with him about five years ago. It's not that long you've been doing it. Well, okay. And I was really flirting with it. But then I started seeing this girl. I got a you know, new relationship, started seeing this girl, and she was really into yoga. And she would go to yoga and come back and just be smiling. I thought she was having an affair with a yoga teacher. I'm serious. I was just like, this girl, like, she leaves, she's willingly getting up at half past five in the morning to go to a yoga class that starts at six and comes back so full of life and just keeps going on about this Roberto. I'm like... Who on earth Bloody is Roberto? <laughs> so eventually I'm like, right, you know what? I'm going to go to yoga to find out what is going on. Yeah? 
I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out what's going on. So I go down there, meet Roberto. He's lovely. Nice They're not having an affair. <laughs> Nicest guy possible. Yeah. He's like, you should keep coming. And then eventually, what happens? I got invited to go on a, um, a yoga retreat um, by Lululemon, and I went there and just kind of had this life. Met another yoga teacher who kind of was like Yoda, who was like an ex-pro NBA player, and basically kind of had a super Gandalf, young, long Gandalf beard. But his whole vibe was just like. He managed to translate the spiritual side of yoga in, into me. So I kind of understood the physical side of it, mm. but I needed someone to explain the spiritual side of it. And he explained the spiritual side in a way that I was like, yes, I, I need this in my life. This has arrived at just the right time. Because I, you know, I had a super high power job. I was really stressed out, working super long hours. And again, I was getting that unhappy feeling again that I, you know, you know running wasn't, the, wasn't fixing me anymore. I needed something new. And I looked around the room and I just thought to myself, this is amazing. Everyone here in this room is amazing. You know, there's like 50 of us on this weekend. We're all having a really amazing time. We're all connecting with each other. We're all really opening up. But some of the kids who I work with, you know, who I mentor could really benefit from this. Because they wake up in the morning and they just are angry straight away. You know, and a lot, I think a lot of people do that where you wake up and the first thing you do is reach for your phone. Mm. And so... You're either going to go to Instagram, or you're going to Facebook, or you're going on some new site. And genuinely, you, Facebook's going to be full of people moaning, you know. The new site's going to be telling you some bad news, and Instagram's just going to be making you jealous because you're seeing someone who you think, you know, you're like, oh man, look at this guy, he's got this amazing life. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to retrain to be a yoga teacher because I, I, I kind of was falling in love with yoga and I was meeting with people and I'd been like, man, you should go to yoga. Like, I've never been able to get you to run, but this is like a thing you can do that yeah. physically moves your body. It doesn't involve you moving. You go to yoga and they go to a class and come back and be like, I hated it. Teacher was horrible. I absolutely hated it. Don't get it. What do you mean? Like, so I thought, you know, I started looking at it. It's like, what are the problems with it? And I thought, well, maybe it's the way that it's taught and the type of spaces that it's taught in. If you want to bring change, you have to go and do it. Right. So really it was just like the random crew moment again, where it was like, right, you know, because running crew came out because I'd started going to a running club and I was just like, this is horrible. Everyone just wants to talk about running all the time. Yeah. I want to talk about music, you know, and rare records and my kids and everyone here just wants to talk about VO2 max and sleep in the oxygen tents. And they're really boring. You know, they laugh at me when I turn up because the clothes I wear are funny. I'm like, I don't want to go to a place where people are looking at me like I'm yeah, some yeah. weird hipster dude. This is what I wear, you know? So um, got into teaching, did my yoga teacher training Third time round, kept on chickening out. So I'd sign what, up. What, what held you back? I couldn't touch my toes. Oh, right. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to be the most inflexible person in the room, and I'm going to be the only man, and everyone's going to laugh at me, and I'm going to be the oldest, and I can't do it. And I kept on talking myself out of going, and then eventually my girlfriend literally packed my suitcase and put me on the plane. She was like, you're going. You need to go and do this. Where did you go and do it? I did, um, it was partly in London and partly in Spain. Right. And so, you know, and had, it was a life transforming experience because one thing I learned on my yoga teacher training is this idea of how the body holds trauma. And so for many of us, you know, we hold trauma in our body without even realizing it. Like mental trauma? Mental like trauma and physical, physical trauma. trauma. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this could be trauma that's passed on to you from your parents, you know, it could be trauma that you've acute, you know, that you've gathered in your body from school. You know, it could be from family. It could be from the pressures of life. You know, as someone who, you know, my parents are from Africa, so that, you know, they came to the UK in the 60s. So, you know, and 
at a time when the UK, you know, was quite a you know difficult place to be if you were not from you know the UK. That trauma gets passed on to children. You know, you then as a young boy growing up, kind of basically, you know, growing up in London in the eighties, which again, you know, had its you know social economical problems, mm. its racial problems. Again, trauma. You're you know you start to adopt this persona that's not really you, but it's a coping mechanism for the world that's outside your door. You know, and we all do it. You know, it's kind of. I meet people who basically, you see them out on the street, they're the grumpiest, most moodiest, most scariest person you've ever met. Get them by themselves at home, they're like a lovely, gentle giant. You're like, what happened to you? It's just a persona they need to put on, so no one messes around with them when they come outside the house. So I realized from yoga teacher training that I was carrying all this trauma in my body. And from doing my physical practice, you know, this trauma was being released from my muscles, you yeah, know, from my mind, from amazing. my body. Like, and I can't recommend it enough. For, you know, particularly for men, I'm like, I think it's kind of one of the best things that you, as a man, can go and do is to find a yoga teacher who you can relate to, yeah. who's not going to judge you because you can't touch your toes or you, you're inflexible, you've got a tight hamstrings or, or the fact that you're a man and go and immerse yourself in that world. So that's kind of the mental health benefits is to release this trauma that you might be carrying around. Yeah, yeah. just releasing this trauma that you might be carrying around from you because, you know, obviously... We have a fight or flight muscle in our body, which is the muscle that kicks, the muscles that kick in when you need to fight for your life or you're running for your life, you know? And um, some of your yoga practice will help release some of this tension. There are things like heart openers that will kind of open your chest up to kind of like, and it all sounds a bit weird and super hippie, yeah. but I just think that actually, you know, a lot of the people that we look up to as our inspirations in life, the people we aspire to be, they all have common traits. There are certain films they've all seen, certain books they've all read, certain places in the world that they've all been, yeah. certain experiences that they've all had, you know, and because they don't talk about it, it's not seen as the norm. It's like I always say to kids that I mentor, you look at someone like Jay-Z and you're like, oh my God, this guy's so successful, he's like so amazing, man, he's like, you know, extra dealer turned billionaire, amazing. And I'm like, you do know he's got a financial advisor, don't you? And they look at me like, what's a financial advisor? I'm like, if you want to be good at investing your money, you need someone who knows more about money than you. He's probably got a shrink because everyone who's got cash, you know, has. It's just a normal thing, you know. So these are all these things, and a lot of people do yoga and they meditate. So learning to meditate and doing yoga, best things that ever happened. Because yeah. basically, essentially, it was, again, this thing of finding something that I could feel empowered by. There's something very empowering about saying to your family and everyone around you, for 10 minutes in the morning, I am not available. I'm gonna be downstairs with my legs crossed or lying down on the floor with my eyes closed, meditating. That's my time. If you want me for the rest of the day, give me that 10 minutes, please, I beg you. And do you do, you do that? Yeah, definitely. That's my time. So that's like a good takeaway for like people to... Yeah, just like, and, and, you know, people got this idea, oh, when you meditate, you have to go and sit there with your eyes closed with some kind of spiritual music playing. You could do it on the train. Yeah. You could do it. You could do it anywhere. But just actually just taking time to be still, to clear your mind, to just breathe in the new day yeah. is, a, is a very, very powerful thing. And I just think that basically we live in a society where it's not encouraged. No, it's not. But and we live in a society where everything's 100 miles per hour and just the stresses of life... I mean, I think one of the things, I remember hearing this hip-hop lyric in a song when I was like, you know, in my early 20s, and I think it was like, sleep is the cousin of death. 
I just remember being like, right, if you want to be successful, you've got to keep grinding 24-7. You know what I mean? So we're going to wake up at half past five like the CEOs do. I mean, going to bed till like 11 o'clock and we're going to keep grinding. It's one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life. It's kind of like sleep is really important. Mm, Rest is really important. Taking time for yourself is really important. If you don't take time for yourself, you can't give time to other people. Mm. And it's like, you know, when I say to men, it's like, if you don't love yourself, it's really hard for you to ever love anyone else because you actually don't love yourself. Yeah. You know, and so yoga just allowed me to get in touch with myself in a way that running hadn't. Running had given me a physical body to move in, you know, had great cardio, you know, some abs came on the body, a little bit of muscle, it was all looking great, you know, but internally, and you still needed that extra thing. Yeah. And that extra thing was the yoga. Amazing. Charlie, thank you so, so much. But if anyone wants to get involved with your All right, Run cool. Them Crew. Yeah, so Run Them Crew, you can find us on Instagram at run.dem.crew. Yeah. Um, we have a website as well, but we don't really maintain that. You know, just come and find us on Instagram. Yeah. You're always welcome to come and run with us as long as you don't mash up the vibe. You know, don't race anyone to the traffic lights. You know, just come down with an open mind. Yeah. Come and be part of the family. If you want to come and join in the yoga, catch me, Daddy Dark RDC, on my Instagram. Um, I teach a number of different classes during the week at various different places. Always suitable for all levels. Yeah. Predominantly, I specialise in beginners. If you're a man, you're inflexible, come and see you, see me. I will have you doing wonders with your body in a few months' time. Can you do something with me, God? <laughs> Charlie, thank you so, so much. No problem at all. Thank you very much. No, cheers. Thank you very much, man. Nice to Thanks again to the show sponsor, Mojave's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Check out mojave's.com to see their products and you can use the code MANTALK with no space or capitals to get 10% off. If you're struggling with your mental health, please reach out to someone you know, your GP or a charity such as Calm or the Samaritans. Help is out there. Thanks again for listening and take care.